Today is on the last Sunday every year in October. Today we celebrate the feast day of Christ the King. We're given the gospel reading from St. John in chapter 18, where we find Christ already arrested and in custody and being questioned by Pontius Pilate. Pilate is saying to him throughout this questioning, listen to what everybody's saying. They're saying, you're a king. Are you? Are you a king? And Jesus answers, and here from the Gospels he says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this reason, for this cause, I was born. And for this cause, I have come into the world. And the truths that Christ communicates to us today through this very Mass, this remembrance of Him as King, they present to us many things. We can see the glorious nature of His kingship revealed to us. But we can also see presented before us a great paradox of our faith in the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another aspect of how the realities of Christ our God absolutely confound and are foolish to the wise. For not only is His kingship not of this world, or His kingdom not of this world, but His kingship also, who He is as King, and how He came to be King, they are so absolutely other than any other king or ruler that was elevated to those positions. Consider how the kings and rulers are elevated to reign in this world over nations and governments. And I'll just mention a few, even though there are a number of ways. One of the ways is this. By forcefully or militarily overthrowing a current ruler or a current government, and thus they make themselves king and ruler or are made king and ruler. Another way is by being born into a royal family. So no effort so much of their own, but by being born into a royal family, they are elevated as kings and rulers. And yet everything we have presented to us in Matins and Mass in particular, in the prayers, in the scriptures, in the propers, none of this speaks to our Lord Jesus Christ acquiring his kingship in any of these ways or anything close to it. In fact, again, with paradox. With paradox, quite the opposite, absolute foolishness to the wisdom of this world. And so let's probe some of the substance of just matins and mass to see what the wise of this world could not and cannot see. For the truths today have everything to do with how he became king and who he is in his nature within his kingship. And here we're going to see clearly today that his rule as king was forged in lowliness, in humility, in his own suffering by his self-offering and all for the sake of each one of us, for the sake of all others. So we start with the introit of the Mass, which comes from Revelation in chapter 5. Worthy is the Lamb who was what? Slain. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And in that passage of Revelation chapter 5, 
Just before that is proclaimed, we hear these words. The reason for his elevation is king in his kingdom. For you were slain and have redeemed us, O God, by your blood, out of every tribe, out of every tongue and people and nation. In other words, there's this sense in revelation. He is king because of his self-offering in order to gather us from our lostness and bring us into his fold and back to himself through his death. The same thing St. Paul says in his letter to the Philippians, that Christ was elevated to his kingship, elevated by the Father for his humility and for his lowliness. When St. Paul says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, his rule and his reign are built upon the foundation of his love and his lowliness and humility. We see this again in our Matins reading, another glorious expression of the kingship of Christ from Revelation in chapter 19. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself, a glorious expression of our Lord. Listen to the next line. He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood, his own blood, not the blood of another. And his name is called the Word of God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, not because he overthrew anyone or overthrew anything in the nations of this world in this present darkness. Now he shed his blood, not the blood of another human being, his blood. He humbled himself. He willingly suffered, allowing those whom he had created to take his life by his decision. And for what reason? To gather us under him, under him, to gather us back to the Father, that we may live in a kingdom ruled by him, a kingdom of love, a kingdom of peace. He gave himself away on the cross so that he might gain every one of us back to himself. You see, Christ on the cross, what is the world outside of Christ, outside of the Holy Spirit? What does the world see when it looks at the cross in its great clarity and wisdom? All it saw was a human being being tortured, bleeding, suffering, dying. But what was truly happening on the cross in the foolishness of the mind and the heart of God, who went there willingly, the word of God was absolutely and utterly defeating the demonic, the principalities, the rulers of the air that held those whom he created and loved dearly in the prison of their fallenness and with the doom of death before them. Letting his blood be shed that he might offer to God that very blood to cover and forgive our sins and to gather us back to himself. Who is this king? What nature is this king? What kind of king is this who does this? It is Christ our God, the shepherd king. The shepherd king. Why does the church look at him as the shepherd king? 
In St. John chapter 10, Jesus declares it himself. I am the good shepherd. The one over my fold. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd does what? He lays down his life for the sake of his sheep. Do we not see that King David even more and more when we hear those words was so much a type of Christ? What was David much of his life, much of his upbringing? He was a shepherd who was made by God a king. He became a shepherd king. And our Lord Jesus Christ comes and sits on the throne of that man, David, as our shepherd king. And Christ's nature is our shepherd. He loves the flock enough to die specifically to gather us into his fold. And then as our king to nurture us, to care for us in that fold. And to victoriously war against our enemy who constantly seeks to remove us from his kingship, from his shepherding, from the rest of the flock and devour us. This is Christ the King. And if you really think about it in those terms, how much more meaning does that bring to that blessed hymn in the church? The King of love, my shepherd is. My shepherd is. And here's another wondrous example. Of the paradox of the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. The wisdom of God for our salvation. That confounds the wise. In one month we're entering into Advent. Four weeks later. We're going to celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The incarnation. Consider the beautiful words of a hymn. We might end up singing during that time at Christmas. What child is this? It asks the question. What child is this? The first verse. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet and anthems sweep while shepherds watch are keeping. Then it answers, that child, this, this is Christ the what? The King. We should be in wonder. The world sees a child born as lowly as you can get in a carved out unclean cave where animals are kept. But in reality, what's going on in the cave? The incarnations dawned upon us. God became man to bring us back to himself. And we're told that wise men from the east would be led by a star. Where they were told that Christ, their king and their savior, was there awaiting their worship. Christ's kingship is birthed in lowliness and self-offering. His kingship is the fruit of the love that he has for every soul. And his reign... His reign is one of redemption, mercy, healing, and restoration. Which is why we will praise Him today as King this morning with words such as you're going to hear in the preface for this Mass chanted in a few moments. And the words are this. Almighty God, You anointed Your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, with the oil of gladness to be a priest and King of all. So that by offering himself upon the altar of the cross, a pure and atoning victim, he might accomplish the mystery of mankind's redemption and present to you a kingdom of truth and life, a kingdom of grace and holiness, a kingdom of peace, of love, and of righteousness. And we conclude with Christ's own word to Pontius Pilate that you heard already. You say rightly that I am a king for everything that we've just talked about, for this cause. I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world to redeem it and bring it back to God. My friends, paradox can be a wonderful, wonderful gift to us. Because what paradox does is the truths of the salvation and the extent of the salvation of God are such foolishness to us in our worldly sense. 
But what paradox does when we look at Christ, it opens the heart to a greater revelation and awareness to who exactly he is, what he has done, and what he wants to do to heal our souls. So that we declare, truly, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only God and Son of God, the God of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God, very God. Begotten, not made, being of one substance with the 